Little honey bees flying around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown. Bring it to Tennessee farm table, butter beans, peas, beets and chard, chickens running in the yard, catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to Tennessee farm table, cast on skillets, good and hot, watch it steam and crack and pop, cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop in black gang candy stripes. Look at them loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, a show that is dedicated to the people of the state of Tennessee who produce, prepare, and preserve food and agriculture, often with that Mountain South Appalachian flair. And on occasion, I just might have a guest from our neighbors from surrounding states here in the Southeast. This is your hostess and producer, Amy Campbell. The theme song that you just heard was sung and produced by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She's from Madisonville, Tennessee. Today, we are setting the table with a farm visit. We visit with farmer, garden manager, farm manager, and chef from Blue Stem Hollow, located in Greenback, Tennessee. On the Greenback farm, they raise grassland beef, chickens for pastured eggs, and sustainably raised fruits and vegetables. And they also have a lovely event venue. Chef Robert Allen, formerly of Citico's, is on property and sets menus of elevated farm-to-table meals on the farm for baby showers, weddings, corporate events, and such. And he also heads up the catering program. They also operate a downtown Knott'sville urban farm, the Old City Gardens, on Depot Avenue. Today, our focus on Blue Stem Hollow is their CSA program. They are currently signing people up and hope to have all shares sold by early April. As we speak, they're in the middle of putting plants in the ground. We also hear from Lois Caron. She's known as the last woman out of the cove, meaning Cave's Cove of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. This used to be she and her late husband Kermit Caron's home. Lois and her daughter today reminisce about Kermit, his love for honeybees, honey, and saving cucumber seed. And if you're listening by radio, I have some beautiful bluegrass gospel music from the local honeys and Bill Monroe, the father of bluegrass. Thank you so much for tuning in today by podcast or radio broadcast. I really appreciate your good company. So let's go down to Greenback, Tennessee now and join first farmer Chris Berger, who raises the grassland beef, then Brenna Wright and Carrie Garvey, and hear about the CSA they're signing people up for right now. Chris, can you describe Blue Stem Hollow? Sure. Blue Stem Hollow is is really a commitment to, to soil as a kind of a base, kind of foundational priority. And what's good for the soil you know, we, we then 
kind of extrapolate and build onto the pasture. And then, you know, we sort of build up you know, from the pasture and the and you know biodiversity that helps the soil it will also help our herd of cattle to be immunologically robust, very very healthy and strong, gain weight quickly, and and thrive. Uh, and so we're really looking at soil first, and then how we build on that kind of core value is how we get to our basic kind of enterprises like you know building biodiversity in a pasture building a biodiversity in our gardens um, and uh, so that's that's really our core priority now Brenna right I'm going to ask you too you and Carrie run more of the vegetable production side of things but can you describe too you've got this event venue mm-hmm. your CSA and all these great add-ons my official title is farm manager and so and Carrie is the garden manager so the idea is that she'll be heading up CSA production vegetable production Um, I'll be helping her but be secondary in the garden and then also be overseeing you know like our honey production our egg production the our forage production we've got a lot of things going on so and then we also have this amazing venue space that we are uh, leasing out for um, small events like baby showers, small weddings, um, corporate events. We've got on-site catering, all that kind of stuff. So it's a beautiful setting. It's normally quieter than this. <laughs> Carrie and Brenna, talking about your CSA, describe what a CSA is. Some people might not know what the CSA community is. Sure, yeah. It's, it's, it stands for Community Supported Agriculture. Um, and it is a basically a, a membership to a farm or a subscription maybe mm-hmm. is a better way to say it. And, you know, we our CSA will probably be around 27 weeks. We're not making any hard, fast guarantees because, you know, the weather and, mm-hmm. and growing plants outside is always a little, um, you know, you just need to be a little flex on that. And so... Um, but our goal is to have vegetables for our CSA members for 27 weeks. And what it does is when you sign up at the beginning of the season, it gives us seed money, like quite literally gives us seed money, helps us bring on wonderful people like Carrie to help us get the plants in the ground and run uh, really cool programs like CSAs. So it's a great way to be a part of a local farm other than just going to the farmer's market. Um, mm-hmm. Farmer's markets are great, but they're not always super conducive to farmers. Mm-hmm. So the CSA allows you to buy directly from your farmer and also gives your farmer, you know, a customer for the season versus just for a Saturday. Yes. So that's essentially so basically you sign up we have half and full shares half share is the same size as a full share but it's every other week so it's just the frequency of pickup so we have three pickup locations right here on the farm in Greenback one in Knoxville and one in Maryville great and like I said half shares are every other week and full shares are every week are people signing up through the month of April or we would like to have everybody signed up by April 1st by April 1st yes I mean we can take in a few strap but really Uh I mean we do all the planning now so Uh it's like buying the seed you know building the beds all that kind of stuff so if we we'd like to know about how many people we're growing for by April because you know Mm -hmm. plants are going in the ground right now so that's our goal but Mm -hmm. of course we're not gonna if people want to sign up in April we're not gonna turn you away but that's that's what we would like people you know if you're gonna do it do it now members who sort of are helping us start this whole shebang and then as products come in like our eggs and our honey and our beef shares Mm -hmm. they will be the first folks to know about it so that they can have first access sort of thing same with our dinners and that sort of thing so they're kind of like our premier email list that's right Mm -hmm. and make a commitment and Mm -hmm. and also get really good stuff because 
everything that is produced here on this farm is absolutely sustainably raised. Yeah, our hope is to, you know, close as much of the loop as we can. So Chris talking about soil, you know, we want to, we want our inputs to be from our farm. So we don't want to have to be trucking in fertilizers and trucking in compost. We'd like our, since we, you know, have animals, we, you know, take their waste and, and that's our, that's our nitrogen for our garden beds. And so that's sort of how we approach the gardens too is is i don't want to say beyond organic i feel like all those get a little uh, a little worn out all those terms but bluestem hollow is is centered around doing things well and and so no we're not certified organic mostly that's because we haven't taken good notes and because we're brand new um <laughs> because there are wonderful organic farms in the area yeah and so i don't want to poop a lot because it's a lot of work and it's a lot mm-hmm. of red tape and people who have gone through it like deserve recognition and you know, but we're, we're not there, but everything is done with, you know, our soil and trying to do things as well as we can. Carrie, what is your last name? Garvey. What are you doing here at Bluestem Hollow? Um, I was brought on um, to help mainly with the vegetable production in um, the Old City Gardens in the Knoxville location. Um, there will be a CSA pickup there. We have large beds that we will be doing production for our CSA members, some for some restaurants. Um, so mainly working out there, mm-hmm. getting the beds prepped, getting seeds going through harvesting, um, and also out here with Brenna helping with the larger fields out here with the vegetable production. When I pulled up, I saw you out there raking that soil and just out there working away. Getting it ready. Hopefully, fingers crossed, last night was the last of the really cold weather. So we're really itching to get the soil turned and the transplants in. Yes. So get things going. Well, it's so great to see you both working together again out here. It's awesome. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Today we are visiting on a farm with Blue Stem Hollow of Greenback, Tennessee. This is a working farm where they raise grassland beef, sustainably raised fruits and vegetables, pastured chickens for eggs, and a whole lot more. They also have a beautiful event venue for corporate events, picnics, baby showers, weddings, and that kind of thing. Also on property is Chef Robert Allen, who sets the menus for these events and also runs the catering program. They're currently signing up individuals and families for their upcoming CSA, and they hope to have a good headcount by early April. Something that sets their CSA apart is that they have Chef Robert Allen with a recorded video helping to walk people through the box with preparation tips. Up next, we'll hear from Chef Robert Allen, formerly of Citico's, and hear about his culinary work and catering on the farm at Blue Stem Hollow. For me, it's kind of like a, a playground. I mean, they've got beautiful vegetables growing, wonderful meat, you know, curing and ready to roll. So, I mean, what else could I possibly want in a, in a place to work? Um, yes. Great people, wonderful products to just uh, have and explore and play with. So, yes. honestly, uh, I'm, I'm the, the, the lucky one to be here. So, Well, you, you bring a wealth of experience and just really, really fine work with you. And I think it's a great combination. Chris, Brenna, Carrie, 
Chef Robert. Well, we're talking today about the CSA in the CSA box, and I have heard that you're included in the CSA box as kind of a, you know, a weekly email about what's in the box, and also you with a video walking people through the box. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so it's an idea they've been they've been um, cattle prodding me uh, into. <laughs> Uh, they won't use the cattle prods on the cows, but uh, for me, they, they don't have any uh, they don't have Whoa, any, re- don't any restrictions. There's no restrictions on that. Uh, so yeah, it's certainly something that can be fun. Uh, you know, in this day and age, you gotta have a social media presence. And um, but those boxes are are a lot of fun. We're putting stuff in there that you don't find at the grocery store, and so for a lot of people that can be intimidating. And so any way that we can help to teach them and show them, hey, look, yes. this isn't just the top of the carrot that you throw off. Uh, mm-hmm. into the trash can and so it'll be fun and I'm sure they'll uh, they'll help along the way have some guest appearances and cameos and so forth so it'll be fun well I'm embarrassed to say this but I remember asking a lovely lady Mrs. Webb about 15 years ago I saw beets for sale and I said I know this is ignorant but I don't know what to do with these mm-hmm. and she said oh honey you just treat them like a potato sure and uh, that really helped me and so you helping people know what's in the box and some tips to do that yeah. with I think is helpful and uh, what they say is uh, one of the best ways to learn something is to teach somebody else you yes. know and uh, been doing a lot of teaching in my career and uh, every time even if it's you know teaching the same class to a different group of students you still always kind of investigate a little bit deeper and find something else in there and so uh, it's it can be fun to to teach and instruct and uh, you tend to learn something along the way yourself as you go so it's so true and today and you have students from UT the Mm -hmm. culinary Mm -hmm. program and you've created a beautiful lunch for us yep so this is their field trip. They're graduating on Friday is their, their last day, their graduation. And so i um, been lucky enough to be uh, pretty close with this group. I've done a few classes for them and some events. And so this is just a wonderful place for them to come and see the other side of food and food production. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a million restaurants out there, but there aren't uh, quite as many places like this where you can see the animals in the fields and then you know the steps that it takes to get them to the plate because there's a lot more to it than you know just ordering it from a big broadliner and so talking to them about things like HACCP plans and the USDA it was really really boring to them and that's what they need to understand is out there in the real world that you may you know think that you're going to be the next Netflix top chef superstar but uh a lot of paperwork involved in that as well so boy isn't there (laughs) (laughs) tell me about this event venue what what kind of stuff do you do here out at the farm at this event venue so we like to use the word intimate i believe was uh, the coaching and Mm -hmm. um you know any anything that you could imagine from 30 to 50 people you know 60 if we're able to stretch it out and i mean and honestly i think our biggest problem is here we have too much potential there's too much space there's too much fun interesting ideas so it is perfect for smaller get-togethers, you know, anniversary parties and birthdays and um, baby showers and receptions of that nature. Well, it's a lovely spot. So how do people sign up for the CSA? They can they can go to our website, bluestemhollow.com, uh-huh. or they can email me directly, Brenna at bluestemhollow.com. Today we are visiting on the farm with Blue Stem Hollow in Greenback, Tennessee. 
This is a working farm, raising grassland beef, sustainably raised fruits and vegetables, pasture-raised eggs, and more. They're signing up individuals and families for their upcoming CSA. They hope to have a good head count by early April. More information, bluestemhollow.com, and I've also linked their information on my website, tennesseefarmtable.com. Up next, we'll hear from Lois Colrin and her daughter, Ruth Colrin Davis. Lois Colrin is known as the last woman out of the cove, meaning Kate's Cove of the current Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Lois's late husband was Kermit Colrin, and Kermit was a well-loved gentleman whose house was allowed to stand and to be leased in Cates Cove for a certain amount of years after the National Park was established. Kermit would often share seeds and honey with visitors to the park who often thought his house was some sort of living history demonstration in Cates Cove. When we join his widow Lois right now, she and her daughter reminisce about Kermit his love for honeybees, honey, and saving an old-time family cucumber seed. Can you tell me about his bees? Well, he, when he was little, he went to an uncle's house or something. They had bees, and he liked the honey. So he started to do that, and he put uh, got a hive of bees. The first year he robbed them, I mean, took all the honey off, and they didn't have enough to live over winter. So when he got his bees in, he always left some honey on there for the bees to eat through the winter so they wouldn't die up. <laughs> and he just liked to fool with bees. And he liked the honey, too. Oh, yeah, he liked honey. He ate it three meals a day every day. Did he? Maybe that's why he, I've seen pictures of him. He was trim and seemed to He never to get fat like us, he'd say. <laughs> he, he didn't like to get heavy, you know. He'd uh, build up a little weight during the winter months, but in summer he always worked it all off. He, he sure did make garden, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Everybody that uh, he could, he'd give seed beans, you know. Here's seed beans. And uh, a lot of people's got current seed beans. I'm so glad of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and his mother grew those, so. Really? Yes. And she also grew a little white cucumber. Did she really? Mm -hmm. Were they round? The no, cubes or no? They were just uh, about that long, the best, but uh -huh. they would grow bigger. And he'd let one grow as long as it's, and they'd turn yellow. And he cut it open and put seeds out in the jar and let them ferment a little. And then he washed that stuff off of them and dry them. And it's like going to the store and buying seeds. Boy, I bet those were good cucumbers. Were they a little more tender than some? Very tender, and mm -hmm. the seeds weren't as large. And uh, mm -hmm. now they, they weren't a good crisp pickle cucumber. Yes. But Mom did make pickles out of them, but, but you had to get them when they were oh, little little to make a good pickle. Mercy, do you, I wonder if those seeds are still out there someplace. Well, we gave, we've given Little John some. Oh, good. But I don't know if he's still... He's um, come a long ways. He's gardened since he was itty-bitty, mm -hmm. and... Um, 
we used to share the striped stick beans with him, but inevitably somebody would want him to plant some other beans, and he would, you know, so it took a while for him to decide that's the bean he wanted to grow and not grow others while he was growing them. And I, I think maybe that happened to the cucumbers, but we'll get him some more. <laughs> he told me, he he confessed to me that he has done that. <laughs> he said, well, sometimes I've not been so good about keeping them hundred yards away or what have you yeah. so they don't cross pollinate and all that and yeah. he said I usually have to go back to Uncle Roy and ask him for more beans yeah. <laughs> <laughs> live and learn right uh-huh. that's how we learn uh-huh. <laughs> This is Carrie Garvey from Blue Stem Hollow, and you are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. It has been an honor to have your good company. We always love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or through the website TennesseeFarmTable.com. I'd sure love to hear from you and swap some recipes and stories. Big thanks to Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee for the musical arrangement and singing and recording of our theme song. For updated appearances, schedule, news, and her new recording, connect with Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.